Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition. Hornets defeating the Milwaukee Bucks by a final score of 103-99, to coming through in the clutch LaMelo ball, the game-winning shot. Under a minute to play, a twisting mid-range jumper, only a play that LaMelo Ball can make, or at least make it look like that. So it was a lot of fun. Hornets take the W, improving to 22-19, and solidly in the top eight right now in the Eastern Conference, and with a three-game win streak looking to climb the standings. We're going to talk about the win. We're going to talk about the All-Star campaign, which can only have been bolstered by the performance against the defending champs, and we'll talk about, yes, one of our favorites here on the HHC, power rankings. How are the Hornets faring right now based off some of the expert opinions where should the hornets be helping me on all these topics she is the manager of social media for the charlotte hornets diana biffle back with us again here on the hornets hivecast diana thanks for joining us thanks for having me what a great game to be here for your win streak continues at least working with me here on the hhc i'm not sure what your record is with rob rob's got the full totem pole somewhere out there but <laughs> a, a 103.99 win we knew coming into this one, this was going to be different from Saturday's game against Milwaukee. As I wouldn't take anything away from the Hornets for getting that win. But from Milwaukee's point of view, they're looking at that and saying that's a schedule loss. It was night two of a back-to-back. They've got a bunch of guys in health and safety protocols and or injured. They're not their normal selves, and they're tired after playing Brooklyn the night before. They're going to write that one off. This time around... Yes, there are some missing pieces for Milwaukee. This is not the same team that won the finals last season, but it's still a really good team, one that was good enough to beat Brooklyn just a few days ago and is still in the top four in the Eastern Conference. There are no excuses with this one. This is a significant victory for the Hornets. Absolutely. It's difficult to beat any team in this league two times in a row, especially if it's the NBA champions. So that has been really, really phenomenal just to kind of soak in uh, since last night that we really are legitimately good. And that's really exciting. And if you look in our comments on social media, you know you've got the trolls saying that maybe we're not as good as a lot of us think and know that we are. But I think you look at these two games and it's hard to deny there's some talent here and we're really getting better and better with each game. I like the way you put that, legitimately good, because I, I was talking about this post-game with the guys from FNZ. You know, we are no longer in the era where it's the Golden State Warriors are going to be in the finals against whatever team LeBron James is on at that moment. This is a new era, and in a certain respect, I can see how some fans who like to see those two behemoths go head-to-head might have preferred that one, but I personally like it better now where you have more teams that are in serious contention that have a chance in every round of the play playoffs is as interesting as before. We're no longer in a in a space where you can say, ah, it's the 8-1. That doesn't matter. Right now, the 8-1 is the Hornets versus the Bulls. That's the battle of the Ball Brothers. Who wouldn't want to see something like that? So I think that this is a, a great time here and what the Hornets have done with wins on the road at Brooklyn, with wins over Milwaukee, with wins over Golden State. 
they've proven they can play and beat anyone in the NBA. So this is a significant win here for the Hornets. 103 to 99 the final score. One big thing for me before we get to our stars of the night, I like that the Hornets won a game against a really good opponent where they didn't shoot well. Charlotte's been known throughout the season as one of if not the best offense in at least the Eastern Conference, maybe the NBA. I think Utah's probably statistically speaking better and, and they've got a different way of approaching it with all the threes, but they're, they're a tremendous team. Wouldn't be any bad Mark to be second to them. But the Hornets didn't shoot the ball well last night. 39% from the field, 29% from three, far below their season averages. And for a team that averages almost 120 points a game, they struggled to get north of 100 and were still able to get the win. This was all about the defense. Neither team's bench shot the ball well, but players like P.J. Washington and Cody Martin, they came through in the clutch. So I think this was a night where the Hornets showed a, a different club in their bag that they can use to to get a win, even if their driver, so to speak, their main one, their offense, isn't quite hitting it down the fairway. Definitely. And it it just shows a continued emphasis on defense. The last handful of games, we've really shown that the team is taking strides in, on the defensive side of the floor, which we've all been kind of waiting for. If we're being honest, you know, this is something even JB has been very open about. Like We haven't been where we want to be defensively. And the last few games, they're taking it seriously. The team's buying in. And you're right, last night was a real defensive battle. And I think both of these wins versus the Bucks down the stretch there, a few years ago, I don't think we'd be able to hold on defensively. I think that it is it shows a lot, not only that we were able to get up against this team and, and stay up throughout the game, but also that we were able to keep that lead through the end. One more, honestly, one more before we get to stars of the night. The team put itself in a position to win. Great sequence for the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo and and one. Hornets challenge did not win the challenge. The free throw, which could have made it a one-point game, was missed by Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Wes Matthews taps it in. So now it's a tie game. So the Hornets have the ball. 30 seconds or so left in the game, and uh, if, the, if this is the, the 10-foot putt with the tournament on the line, you put the club in the hands of LaMelo Ball, and he went down and was able to execute down the stretch to give the Hornets back the lead. Terry sets a screen on the right for LaMelo. He keeps the dribble. Pass to Rozier. One-on-one with Middleton. Gives it back to LaMelo Ball. Ball. Dribbles right. Into the lane. Off-balance shot. Is good from inside the honeycomb. LaMelo Ball was facing the sideline and he still knocks down the jumper. Hornets up 101-99. An outstanding shot from LaMelo Ball and completely the opposite of whatever you would ever tell a young person playing basketball. Please square your shoulders the opposite direction of the basket, essentially. But make yourself perpendicular to the hoop and then let it fly. LaMelo talked after the game about some of the unconventional practice methods that led him to be so comfortable in what really is an unconventional situation. Uh, I ain't gonna lie. I always did like floaters my whole life. So going left, right, straight, forward, backwards any type of way. So, yeah, I felt like it was a good shot, so, yeah, I took it. It's kind of his exceptional gift. He's not a Giannis Antetokounmpo where he's physically, you know, this one-of-a-kind unicorn of an athlete. He's more of a conventional-sized player, so to speak, but his balance and his timing, they're otherworldly, even on rebounds. We saw a sequence. He pulled down two offensive boards against one of the biggest teams in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, and he had no business getting those boards over Giannis Antetokounmpo or Portis or any of them out there, but he's just has this natural 
knack for it. He's practiced against bigger players his whole life. He's got the experience, and uh, even though he's only in the second NBA season, he's putting it to good use. Absolutely. LaMelo does what LaMelo does, and I think the rest of the roster, the coaching staff, has learned to trust him. And, yeah, sometimes he might look really different from what you would expect a basketball player to look when they're going to make a shot, but then he makes it time and time again, and it's been really phenomenal. I'm sure we'll get into this, but I also just need to touch on his sudden switch after the first half where everyone was a little nervous on social media our fans were a little nervous and suddenly he just turned it on and and really helped us pull this one out yeah five points in the first half total and then he comes through uh, ends up scoring at the end of the evening 23 of the 23 by the way he had 16 in the third quarter really hot there I made a lot of big winning plays all right I've used two golf metaphors so that's gonna mean Rob Longo our producer will allow me to go over on this segment time now to pick stars of the night Diana you're the guest you go first I know we've been ranting and ranting about LaMelo Ball, which we could probably do after every single game, but I think I'm going to go Terry Rozier. He was, you know, it's it's so easy to overlook Terry because we expect him to play consistently well, um, and LaMelo had that big shot at the end to seal the win, but Terry had a really complete, really impressive game tonight with 27 points. He had seven rebounds and four assists. DiVincenzo the other way. Ball poked loose by Rogier. He's coming back up the sideline. Rogier steadies himself. Fires for three again, and he buries another. Yeah, Terry Rogier, a big game. You know, while no one really shot the ball well, Terry's the exception of that. His first half gave the Hornets uh, a chance to win this one. 16 points in the first half. He knocked down four threes. By the way, eighth time in his last nine games that he has made four or more threes in the contest. And in that stretch, he's shooting about 48, 47% from distance. So he's really on a big tear here for the Hornets. If you're going to leave him out there, I'll take LaMelo Ball. I think LaMelo had a brilliant game. And it's the clutch moments. And, And something JB talked about after the contest about trusting LaMelo to make the right decision. We get caught up a lot on who takes the last second shot, who's clutch, whose responsibility is it to pull the trigger. I think the way the Hornets play, it's more important who's the decision maker on those. And the fact that LaMelo is trusted in those situations already at 20 years old is an impressive thing. It reminds me going back to early in LeBron James' career. He caught a lot of flack for passing off on game-winning shots. The reality of a lot of those passes They were very good basketball plays. He he found an open guy who took an open shot. And if you don't trust your teammates to take open shots, they don't belong on the floor in that situation. So I think LaMelo has the wherewithal to recognize if I'm getting pressure, Gordon Hayward's open. Terry Rozier is open. P.J. Washington's open. Miles Bridges. Someone is open. And if they're not open, that means I have a one-on-one matchup and I'm big enough and strong enough I should win that. That's what he elected to do last night, and it earned the Hornets the victory. Charlotte winning 103-99. to Team is now 22-19 and above 500 at the midway mark of the season for the first time since 2008. 10. Coming up next, we've got a lot of stars of this game. How are they faring in the All-Star campaign? We'll talk about that next with Diana Biffle here on the Hornets Hivecast. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. 
Rebound Bobby Portis. Bodies up against P.J. Washington. Goes up and it's swatted into the second deck by Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, a huge defensive play. Had a great all-around game. 17 points, 11 rebounds. Another double-double for Sky Miles in 41 minutes of action. He was, by the way, the top player for the Hornets in terms of plus-minus, a plus-15. Actually tied with Terry Rozier, but we won't hold that against him. A great, great performance here for Miles Bridges. One of three centerpieces of the Hornets' all-star campaign. Have you seen it yet? Buzz City Burgers? A lot of fun. If you're a fan of all that from the 90s and Good Burger as well from the 90s, you recognize a lot of the jokes, a lot of the themes, and a lot of the fun these Hornet stars have been having. One of the architects of this campaign, Diana Biffle, the manager of social media for the Hornets, with us here today on the HHC. Diana, talk to us about the origins of this campaign, how long it's been in the making, and how it's resonating right now on social media with the fans. Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who knows me knows that Good Burger is one of my favorite films of all time. And I'm not even a little bit embarrassed to say it. I actually watched it last night. But this campaign is an amazing collaboration between our PR, marketing, digital teams. It's really been something that a ton of people in our organization have their fingerprints on. And that's why it's so great. Um, it's probably been in the making two months or so. It's been quite the journey with our, our COVID protocols. As you know, Terry, LaMelo, Miles, we've had to kind of work around them being out when we didn't expect them to be. We would have scheduled film dates and then have to postpone them. So the actual execution of a lot of the content for this campaign has been a challenge in a lot of ways, but our team has been super flexible and our players have been really amazing helping us make it happen. Um, There is Adele Curry and Eric Collins cameo. It's really everything you could ever want in a campaign. And then we have these three incredible centerpieces with Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, and Miles Bridges, who have just continued, as you've noticed, this whole podcast, you've been talking about those three, they just continue to prove themselves as all-stars. So we're really excited about this campaign. It's a whole lot of fun. If you haven't watched Good Burger recently, maybe go watch our videos and then go watch Good Burger. I would really recommend it. It's great. Or you can watch Good Burger and then watch the campaign or do both. Go go back and forth either way. It doesn't matter. It's been a lot of fun. The guys seem to be having a lot of fun with it. But the, the bottom line is you want it to resonate with fans. This is about getting votes from fans to hopefully get someone into an all-star starting type of position or to resonate with the media as well, who will have a say in this and get further attention from the coaches. We've said it a lot here. The Hornets spot in the standings come the time that the roster is finalized for the all-star game is probably going to be determinative on whether or not the Hornets get multiple players. But we did see in the first round of fan votes that LaMelo Ball's in the top Top five for Eastern Conference guards and top 20 for players overall better than anyone else who's in their rookie or second season in the NBA. Yeah, those first returns were very encouraging. The fans are are voting for our players. I mean, how could they not? They're so exciting to watch. So really excited to see what's going to happen throughout the rest of this campaign and, and into the All-Star season. Now, looking ahead, the Hornets do have a lot of home games left between now and when All-Star voting ends. We've seen some Buzz City Burgers items floating around the TV crew and being put together in the media areas. What are some things that fans might be able to expect, either on the video board or in-house at Spectrum Center, as we wind down towards the All-Star selection date in terms of Buzz City Burgers? 
We've got Buzz City Burgers aprons, hats that you've seen in our videos. We've been sending those out to the media. We have a lot of name tags. We've sent out to a lot of people. I was lucky enough to get one. It says, I don't know if you know, in Good Burger, it says, I'm Ed on his name tag. So we have name tags for everybody that say, I'm Diana, I'm Miles, I'm Terry, I'm Lamella. So that those are really fun little squeaky toy hamburgers. Who knew those existed? So those are in our media kits. A lot of fun. We've got some more behind the scenes coming your way with Real Access. The next Real Access will have an even closer look at how we created this campaign and all of the ins and outs of production. Um, And even more fun behind the scenes clips coming out on social media. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, I've been watching. I've been lucky enough to be in the building at times when they're shooting. So it's it's a lot of fun. Players are having fun with it. Hopefully you are as well. Buzz City Burgers, the Hornets campaign to get some more all-star buzz around three very deserving players. Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, and of course, LaMelo Ball. Coming up next here on the HHC, we're talking power rankings. That's next on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. We'll find out, Rod. The challenge will be what happens in a couple days. So either we can be satisfied with this and rest and relax, you know, we're halfway home, or we can build on this. If we want to keep climbing, keep getting better, and move up the standings in the Eastern Conference, this is one of those wins that can propel you into that momentum. Or you can be a team that's satisfied and goes, hey, we beat the NBA champions two games in a row, let's relax and not get better. The group right now just responded with, let's get better. That's what I'm going to hold them to, and they're going to hold each other to that standard. This is not about resting right now. That two great wins against the NBA champions. It's tough to do. Now it's about building on it, using it as momentum and validation for how we have to play night in and night out. I'm seeing the effort on the defensive end. That's where it's got to be, and uh, that's our challenge moving forward. Hornets head coach James Borrego after the big win over Milwaukee, 103-99, the final score. Hornets right now at the edge of a top six position, but solidly in the top eight. That's in the standings. The other area we like to look at to gauge how the Hornets are doing, either actually doing in the Eastern Conference or the perception of how they're doing nationally, is power rankings. There's a lot of different areas we look to, and one just recently put theirs out. It's the Athletic, and helping us take a look at this is Diana Biffle, manager of social media for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Diana, as we like to do, I don't know if we've done power rankings specifically with you this season, but what we try and do is we want to get your opinion of the top 30 in the NBA. Where do you think the Hornets should sit right now? We'll compare that to the Athletic and then uh, break it down from there. So your honest opinion, top 30 in the NBA, where do the Hornets belong? I'm going to put us, can we start with where they have us? No. Oh, man. (laughs) I'll say this. The Hornets, again, they're on the edge of a top six position. Really, There's a cluster that's a, a couple games ahead. I would say at least a week's worth of games ahead of the Hornets. Uh, it's the Bulls, the Nets, the Heat, the Bucks, and the 76ers. They've kind of crept away a little bit, pulled away just a little bit. And then there's teams that are 
just basically out of it right now. Detroit and Orlando, Indiana's getting closer to that, but they're not quite. The Hornets are kind of at the top of the middle. I would say right now in the Eastern Conference. And then, of course, out West, you've got a clear upper crust with Memphis, Utah, Phoenix, and Golden State. Then a few teams that are right around 500 that are slugging it out and, and a couple who have fallen off the pace in New Orleans, Oklahoma City, and Houston. So there's a lot of middle right now in the NBA. And if you think the Eastern Conference is stronger, maybe they're at the top of the middle. If you think the West is still best, maybe you think it's a little further down. But that's kind of the lay of the land right now in the National Basketball Association. But that's in the standings. Power rankings is more how are they playing right now? If you, in my opinion, if you put them on a neutral floor with equal rest, who would win? I feel like the Hornets have, you know, okay, we have three win streak. That's not super long, but we also just beat the Bucks twice. So I would put us higher up towards the middle. So, I mean, 18? 18? So 18, like 18th out of 30? Yes. Okay. You actually have the Hornets lower than the Athletic does. The Athletic says the Hornets are the number 17 team right now in the NBA. That's up from 19. Wins over the Pistons and the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously, helping them out. They also make a mention of something here that I was a little surprised at, but the Hornets are the only team that has not had to add a hardship player. All the health and safety protocols, and now when the Hornets were hit hardest, it was before they implemented a rule that kind of made teams add players on hardship contracts. Not that the Hornets didn't want to, but they didn't have to. They went to their bench. They got some of the young guys in there. But again, an interesting stat shows how hard the NBA has been hit truly by health and safety protocols. But the Athletic has them 17. You have them 18. So now your task is you have to take one of the squads that the Hornets are ahead of in the Athletic and tell us which one should have been ahead on the rankings, who should have been ahead of the Hornets. So if Charlotte is not 17th, they're lower. Who's better than them? So you got the New York Knicks at 18, Atlanta Hawks at 19, and the Boston Celtics at 20. Which of these teams should have been ahead of the Hornets? None of them. I take my <laughs> ranking back. You list all those three, and I feel pretty confident that the Hornets have a great chance of beating any of them. I know I was just telling you guys before the podcast, I think the Celtics are probably not going to turn out with the best record, especially looking at some of these power rankings. The Knicks have been wildly inconsistent in terms of their success on the floor, what they're lineups have been kind of all over the place. What was the third one you said? You got the Knicks, the Celtics, and the Hawks. Nope. We could, be, <laughs> we could beat the Hawks. All I, right. I put us at 17. You're, you're okay. I, I will say this. I thought that the Hornets, I think that the Hornets should be somewhere probably 12 to 14 right now. And the, the reason why is the Hornets are playing well, back-to-back wins against Milwaukee, but they still have an overwhelming number of home games Remaining, They have seven more home games than road games on the remainder of their schedule. That's a lot. And while some teams that I think have kind of proven that they're better than the rest, the Bulls, the Nets, Miami, Milwaukee, they're good home road. It doesn't really matter. The teams that are kind of in that next tier still have to prove that they can win on the road. And that's why I think Charlotte is, is still in that next tier. They're 10 and 14 on the road. There's other circumstances factoring into it, but the record is what it is. They'll have time to show that they're better than that. But for now, I think that's what keeps them out of the top 10, let's say. But I have no issues putting them in that 12 to 14 range. I think all the teams they're contending with, even Cleveland, who's a game ahead of them right now, the Hornets have an argument to say that they're better than them. Absolutely. I think Cleveland also has some injuries that they're they're working through, and we don't really know what they're going to look like through the end of the season. I think we stand a really good chance in our 
Shout out to the fans. Our hometown energy, the environment here in Spectrum Center has been unbelievable. It's been crazy, and I know the last two years have been kind of different, to say the very least, but it's been louder, more energetic, more exciting in this arena than it ever has been at any game that I've been to at Spectrum Center um, before this season. So our team is really feeding off of that, so I think it bodes very well that we have as many home games in the second half as we do. Well, your next opportunity to see your Hornets will be on Friday. They'll be hosting the Orlando Magic. Tickets, of course, available either via the Hornets mobile app or on Hornets.com. You can also come out and visit the box office. They love seeing people come on out, and the Hornets' next game will be against the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow. And tomorrow we will have our preview podcast for that one right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Diana Biffle, manager of social media for the Charlotte Hornets, thanks as always for joining us here today on the HHC, and good luck with the remainder of the Buzz City Burgers campaign. I look forward to many, many outstanding Good Burger references throughout. You know what? Then let's end this podcast in the best way possible. Welcome to Buzz City, home of the Buzz Boys. Can I take your order? I love it. I love it. Hopefully we can order up a couple of all-stars for the Hornets. I think LaMelo Ball's got a really good shot. I don't think it hurts to have a game winner against the defending world champs. That's always going to help your cause. Hornets with the W improving to 22-19. and They take to the road next to play Philadelphia again. We'll have our preview podcast tomorrow. For now, our thanks to Diana Biffle for joining us here, to Rob Longo, our producer, and to all of you for tuning in. For all of us, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.